the Spud Goodman Radio Show. And here is the studio orchestra of the Spud Goodman Show, sartorially regaled in sequined jumpsuit and cantilevered pompadour, the world's only accordion-playing Elvis impersonator, Accordion Joe. Here comes the Spud Man, he goes down easy. He calls to you who, the social outcast. Yes, you who are rejected. He wants you, he needs you, he loves you. Here comes the Spud Man, he goes down easy. Here comes the Spud Man. It's the Spud Goodman Show. Let's get ready. Trumbo! And here he is, the head cheese meister. It's Spud Goodman. Greetings, Andra Ola, my friends. I am Spud Goodman. Spud <laughs> man. I'm laughing all the way to the bank. <laughs> I say friends, knowing full well some of you who are now listening, you know, are technically not my friends. As I've been shown listener survey information that a great deal of our audience hate listens to our show. Now, that is not exactly comforting to me personally, but, but hey, a listener is a listener. So, so I'm not going to ask for a loyalty pledge like some not-so-well-endowed ex-president did. What the hell do you have to lose? Yeah, it's tempting, but I just can't do it. You know, mostly because the numbers tell me it wouldn't be a smart move at this time. So I'm going to move on, you know, and introduce our show's designated laugher, my Aunt Dorothy. Can you give us a, a sterling guffaw? Oh, I could, but I would prefer to go with a slight chuckle. You know, to start out with something low-key and let the intensity build throughout the show. Here you go. <laughs> Uh, well, really, um, hmm, that, that's the best you can do? Hey. Uh, well, I was kind of hoping for more, no offense. I mean, this is the opening of the show, and we need to grab our audience's attention. Uh, you know, that, that chuck, I'm going to be honest, that, that, that chuckle kind of put my left leg asleep. But I'll just deal with it. Fine. I'm, I'm going to deal with Fine. it. I'm just going to deal with it. So let, let me now introduce our show's temporary co-host, Gerald Holcomb. Go ahead, uh, do your thing. You have a few seconds here. Don't blow them. You, oh, very well. Okay. Hello, everyone. My name is Gerald Holcomb, and I am very excited. Well, as you to be should be, as I think this episode's going to be a good one. Yeah. And now I need to bring on our show's intern, Chance. Go ahead and formally introduce yourself. Uh, I'm tired of being criticized for not adequately reading the stupid copy I'm given by management. Just go ahead and do a self-intro. That's fine with me. Hello, my name is Chance. I'm the intern on this radio show, which makes it all the more interesting that I've been voted as the most popular person on this program by our listeners. What can I say? People love me. I know that, dude. I had no idea that I would be embraced by so many when I took this position. I mean, I had to intern somewhere to graduate from community college, so I took this non-paying job. It seemed like a good choice at the time, yeah. and I'm grateful for the love sent to me by the listeners. It is appreciated. I feel hey, like... Are you going to do a filibuster right now? I mean, 
you know, to try and block me from doing my host duties. We get it. People like you, okay? Or some do. Probably not that many, but anyway, can, can we start the show off now? Sure. Yeah, but and 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 chance, you took up more than three times the airtime I was just given. You know, you would think you might share a bit of it with me, so I could fully greet the listeners who tune in to hear me. I only got out a few words before I was rudely interrupted. And listen, if I could finish what I had prepared, so. Okay, I, I really like to... need to bring up the topic we're going to discuss. <laughs> it's been in the news lately. This, it caught my eye, okay? I, I think they call it trending. Um, have you guys heard about composting? You know, uh, like yard waste? Well, it's a new way uh, you can get put to rest. Uh, I guess the funeral industry it, you know, it really hates it as it cuts out all the bells and whistles they sell to, you know, to, the, to the grieving you know, people who just lost family and friends are not thinking clearly when they come in to make arrangements. The new composting companies uh, are doing this, and it's undercutting the funeral people big time. Yeah, composting? Yeah, what the heck is that? Okay, are you saying people these days are using dead bodies for fertilizer? <laughs> like your roses or azaleas aren't blooming properly, so you order a couple of dead bodies to help them out? That is messed up, yo. Yeah, I believe that's what Miracle Grow was made for, and I can promise you there are no remnants of humans in the bottles of Miracle Grow <laughs> that I use on my houseplants. Well, don't get mad at me because people well, are now looking for alternatives, you know, to the old school way to to deal with, you know, people when when they pass away. I think I think it's it's kind of creative if you think about it, as it kills two birds with one stone, so to speak. You save space at cemeteries and also put a little pep in the step of your shrubbery and flowers in your yard or wherever you, 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 know, you, you put the stuff. Uh, here, here's, an, here's a little bit of an article I read, and here's, I wrote this down. Uh, During the process, nutrients in the human body support new life in the soil, saving an estimated one metric ton of carbon dioxide per person from entering the atmosphere compared to standard burial or flame cremation. Um, you know, I had no plans to share this with anyone at this time, but for me, this new option for end-of-life decisions makes a lot of sense. I've been exploring it myself, as the current traditions are either unsustainable with land space, you know, or creating much too high of a carbon footprint with cremation. We all need to consider the effects of our choices on future generations. Wait, Dorothy, are you saying you're thinking about becoming fertilizer when your time comes? We have not discussed this. I don't know if I'm okay with that. And Dorothy, I like plants as much as anyone. I mean, I eat pretty much a plant-based diet, you know, these days as it is. But I don't want to. I don't want to think that, you know, basically of you. Whenever I cook an Impossible Burger or some Beyond Beef sausage, that's gonna mess with me enjoying the meal. Well, this isn't really the time for us to discuss my own personal plans, but for the world's future, we'll all have to rethink many of our previously held traditions and beliefs if we want our planet to survive. Yes! 
you know, Mrs. Jarvitz, my wife and I have already bought our burial plots. We don't want to burden our children with having to make those arrangements. And plus, they were on sale. And uh, we really couldn't turn the <laughs> offer down. Seriously, it, it's it's a new cemetery. And, um, well, it was, well, and I guess it still is, a cow pasture. But slowly but surely, it's getting more customers. Uh, <laughs> you know, I firmly believe... Being buried is the only correct way to go. We were not made by God to be incinerated or or become human fertilizer. My gosh, show some respect for tradition. Uh, Didn't the Vikings burn their people on little boats when their time came? I don't know. Uh, I'm not usually big on tradition, and I, I think, you know, maybe this could be a smart way to go for some around the world. But I myself am not crazy about you and Dorothy choosing this, okay? The more you, you, you okay, no, okay, you're talking I, about, I, was, I hear you. It's kind of bummed me out. I, I was planning on visiting your future gravesite occasionally, you know, when, when your time comes, like on holidays, and of course on your birthday. Mm. Oh, that is terrific. So I, I'm just a bit conflicted right now. I know it's probably the right move ecologically and and all that kind of stuff, but. Maybe I should have brought up another topic to discuss. Anyway, well, we, we can revisit this later, as right now I need to play some music, okay? Let's lead off with this song by Seattle band The Civilians off their soon-to-be-released album, Lush and Tumble. Here is I Am The City. I'm just passing through I am this city 
This is the Spud Goodman Show. This is the Spud Goodman Show. This is Carl Reiner, and I am one lucky guy. I have been invited to and accepted to come on the Spud Goodman Show. You know how hard that is? To... Spud Goodman doesn't just take anybody. I'm so proud to be with you, Spud. Spud, your first guest, Mimi Rogers, is waiting to speak with you. Okay, cool. She's promoting the new season of Bosch. Uh, yeah. That show's pretty damn popular. Well, uh, I know my sweetie Chance is well aware of my attraction to the star of Bosch, Titus Welliver. Yes! And he's not threatened by it at all, right, babe? Absolutely not, Dorothy. We each have our Hollywood crushes. I am very attracted right now to the lady on that Frankie and Grace show you watch. Oh, are you referring to Lily Tomlin or Jane Fonda? Well, they both are hot, but... Jane Fonda is exceptionally sexy. It's just not easy knowing he's falling in love with other women right in front of my eyes. Uh, you know, as you're both about to marry each other, I would advise you get a handle on all those TV star crushes you have. They can only lead to divorce. Hold it, because now I'm getting tea off of you. Uh, which wouldn't be the worst thing in, in the world from my perspective, but, but just put Mimi through it, please. Please welcome actress Mimi Rogers. We appreciate you coming on the show. Well, it is my pleasure to be here. Yeah, so you're here to announce that the beloved Prime series Bosch is back with Bosch Legacy. Uh, it's going to feature 10 new episodes, so that's pretty darn cool. Oh, this is, like, incredibly exciting. Yeah, we're very happy about this. <laughs> Well, I, th I think people will want to know where they can find its new home, Amazon Freebie, I believe, which was which was previously IMDb TV. Yes, and I think, <clears throat> like I said, this is a free streaming service that you can access through Amazon or Amazon Prime, or I think through Roku and other streaming services. But it's Amazon Freebie, so it's very easy to find, and it is free. All right, that's very cool. Well, you co-star with uh, with Titus Welliver again as Honey Chandler on this new version of the show. What are the main differences between the original series and this spinoff? Well, I think, um, as you recall from the original series, that was primarily focused on Harry Bosch and a, a, a rather large ensemble and kind of that world. And in Bosch Legacy... We've sort of picked up about a year, year and a half after the events that ended season seven. And in this new iteration, it's become more intimate in its focus so that the, we kind of have a three-hander where uh, the show really focuses on Harry and what he's doing. He's now a private detective and it focuses on his daughter, Maddie who has now joined the LAPD mm -hmm. and what she's doing, and it focuses on Honey Chandler. Okay. <clears throat> All right. Well, there are a lot of hardcore uh, fans of Michael, author Michael Connolly. Uh, is he involved in this production? Oh, gosh, absolutely. You know, uh, the, the source material is still his book. He's an executive producer. He does a lot of writing 
uh, on the show, he's very much involved. Okay. He's our own little personal god in residence, and we get to bow down and thank him every day. All right, all right, super. Well, I mean... But he's a benevolent god, I just want to make that clear. Well, that's for the record, all right, super. Um, well, you know, you've worked with a lot on a lot of productions over the years, and one would be... Uh, the Larry Sanders show. How was it working with Gary Shandling on it? And you know, he's a real perfectionist. How, how'd that experience go for you? Oh, rest in peace. Yes. That was actually a wonderful and lovely experience. Interestingly, although it didn't air first, uh, that script was sent to me and I was offered it. Uh, it was the first of the shows that was shot. Um, I think it ended up airing fourth and fifth, but it was actually the first one that they shot. And I, I, when I read it, I just thought it was unique and hilarious. And I was a fan of Gary's anyway. I think he was a brilliant comedian. Oh, yeah. So um, it was a blast. We had a lot of fun doing that. Okay. Yeah, I, I still go back and uh, check the reruns. It, it's a it's a show that will last forever. So, anyway. Genius. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And, he, and he's greatly missed. Um, well, in 1997, you were cast in a little comedy, a little tiny one, Austin Powers, International Man of Mystery, uh, as Mrs. <laughs> Kensington. Any idea at the time that film would blow up and lead to two sequels like it did? No idea. A very good friend of mine, Suzanne Todd, was producing the movie, and it was a period where Mike's career, for whatever reason, was kind of in a lull and sort of a down era time, and Suzanne sent me this script. It was going to be an independent film. There was hardly any money, like small budget, um, and I read the script and just laughed hysterically the entire way through it and originally she had talked to me about playing a lot of Fajina but uh, I was working on something else and we couldn't we couldn't make the dates work out Uh, so then we settled on how about Mrs. Kensington and I said yes that would be brilliant that seemed to work out I came on board to play Mrs. Kensington yeah and had just this amazing time. And because it was a low-budget film and was kind of off the radar, nobody was really, you know, heavily supervising us. and keeping, You know, we were just free, especially Michael and Jay Roach, to just make the movie they wanted to make. Had no idea mm-hmm. that it was going to turn into what it turned into. Yeah, like I said, it turned out uh, okay. I mean, yeah, it was a massive hit. Um well, let me let me ask you this. Uh, word is you're a world-class poker player. Is being a highly trained and experienced actress helpful in keeping a poker face? Well, I mean, yes and no. I, uh, I tend to smile a lot. So a poker face is usually the best thing to do is, is do whatever you do the most of. So if, I, if I'm a smiley person, then I just smile all the time so that... There doesn't really seem to be a difference to say, oh, well, now she must have a great hand. Um, and, you know, there's occasional moments where you're 
you know, trying to trick people because yeah, you know, faking people out's part of them bad. That's I, part of the I, game. I throw a little bit of throw a little bit of acting into that, but most of the poker that I have played in recent time, uh, we're all wearing masks. So oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That Good makes point. A little. That makes it a little tricky. All right. Good point. Um, excuse me, excuse me, Spud. Yes? Well, you know, I am a very skilled card player myself. You should see me dominate in our Holcomb Family Night card games. I seem to do the best in Canasta, but I also tend to win quite often in Rummy, too. Uh, Mimi, just give me a brief moment here. Dude, no one asked if you were good at playing any card games, okay? And beating your teenage kids is nothing to brag about. Oh, no, no. I often beat my wife in Canasta, but uh, she holds her own against me playing rummy. Gerald, Mimi plays poker against some of the best players in this country. What's the most you've ever lost playing cards with the family? Oh, well, we don't gamble money in our card games. That would not be okay in the eyes of God. We generally use uh, jelly beans as our currency. And listen, who doesn't love a tasty jelly bean? I hate jelly beans. Now let me get back to Mimi. All right, I have returned. Okay. Well, last question, because I I know you got to get going. But I I understand you're a member of Menza. Uh, How how do you get into that club? I was just curious. Is it being smart mandatory, or or are there some loopholes that the rest of us can maybe try to get in? Well, this this is kind of an apocryphal story, which I've heard a lot. Uh, I'm actually not a member of Menza. Oh, dang it. Um, I do have a high IQ. I know know this. I believe you. I necessarily go around talking about it or think that it means that much of anything. Um, okay. But that's where it ends. All I'm right. actually not... I don't know. I, it got that rumor or idea got started a long, long time ago. It's very flattering. Well, let's, no, yeah, let's not. just agree you're really smart. So, all right. Well, I, I know yeah, you got to go to... Yeah, why don't we do that? Yeah. I like that. You got to go to... You got to go to a meeting. <laughs> I'm being told this. So, let, let me say again that Bosch is back. That makes me happy. Uh, the new show is titled Bosch Legacy and is available on Amazon Freebie. Uh, thank you so very much for spending some time with us. Absolutely. There you have it, Ms. Mimi Rogers. Still more fun and excitement in store in the second half of the Spud Goodman Radio Show right after this brief intermission. We now return to more action-packed thrills and excitement on the Spud Goodman Radio Show. Uh, Say, can we please return to our prior conversation about the sacred tradition of burying people instead of, uh, what did you call it, Spud, composting? Yeah, I mean, that's what they call it. Uh, Until I found out about this, I I was just going to go with being buried in, like, a styrofoam container thing, you know, instead of an expensive coffin. That's so hot. 
I've never understood why funeral homes can get away with selling a hunk of wood for thousands of dollars. It, it, come on, it's a total scam. Uh, will I feel like less satisfied a couple hundred years from now being in a large takeout container rather than, you know, an oak or maple box? The answer is no. No, I will not. Uh, I, I would be happy I didn't get ripped off and went with a lower cost option. I... You know, but I, I I still have not made my final decision yet, though. I got yeah, to make that clear. Uh, styrofoam? Yeah. You, you you wanted to be buried in styrofoam. What is wrong with you? Spending eternity in a container used for salads and sandwiches? <laughs> uh, it's not even funny. Now, listen, we both know you won't it's be ascending cheap. to heaven, Spud. So, you know, making the right choice on where you're going to be for a long, long time is very important. Not a joke. Don't make a hasty decision. Again, Dorothy, I wish you would have spoke with me about this uh, decision. As your soon-to-be husband, I would like to add my input. Oh, sweetie, I don't want to burden you with this. My plan is to have everything taken care of by our wedding day. The composting facility offers a complete plan that covers everything. You won't be bothered with all the issues that come with end-of-life realities. You know, at one time I was considering, you know, being buried at sea. You know, because a lot of people eat tuna. It's like a lot of people eat chicken. So it's like the chicken of the sea. And it seemed like a cool way to go. You know, and I contacted that Neptune Society. I I talked about it on the show a few years ago. And I almost signed on the dotted line. You know, was going to fork over a few grand, uh, you know, to reserve my spot on a boat when my time came. You know, I don't remember you speaking about this previously. I did. Or I would have jumped in and tried to stop you. Becoming fish food is not an appropriate <laughs> way to transition to our next phase. I'm going to have to go ahead and sort of disagree with you there. Uh, again, Spud, you will not be joining us, uh, so many of us in heaven. So your final resting spot is really important. Uh, I appreciate you not promising uh, I would be spending eternity in hell like you normally have done in the past. Yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm not saying that. You will eventually have FaceTime with the devil. Shut up. You know, with the life choices you've made, it, it makes that a certainty. But who knows if the devil will order you to be with him down there. I, I mean, there is a chance he just might not want you for whatever reason. Y- you are very difficult to get along with. So the jury's still out on that point. But I would plan for a very heated living environment if I was you, though. Gerald, will you please give up on your fairy tale of heaven and hell? Both are real here on Earth, but certainly not after we pass. Do you also believe in the Easter Bunny and Santa Claus? The Easter Bunny? Of course not. But I choose to believe in at least the spirit of Santa each Christmas. How does that resonate for you in the bedroom? You know, why shoot down such a beloved figure? What harm is done by embracing him? I know Santa isn't real, and my parents buy my presents each Christmas, but I still get excited when I see those department store Santas at the mall. They bring back some good memories. Well, don't feel any pressure from me to turn your back on Santa at Christmas time, dear. If the thought of him makes you happy, then by all means, keep him in your thoughts. Okay, thank you. I was going to ask if it would be weird if we left out some cookies and milk on Christmas Eve after we're married, 
It's kind of a tradition for me. What the hell, yo? Hey, Aunt Dorothy, uh, about the, you know, the composting deal, did they tell you how much it costs? Um, I didn't find that in the article I read. Well, they quoted 4000 to $5,550, okay. depending on what level you want. I'm considering the mid-level option. It allows my loved ones to choose specific food scraps and yard waste to combine with my remains. You know, maybe mix in some of my favorite fruits and vegetables, or maybe some wilted rose petals from my backyard. Okay, mixing basically garbage with your body does not seem to be wise, let alone sanitary. I'm, I'm just floored that people are now considering these weird options instead of a good old-fashioned burial. I don't understand why Fox News isn't all over this story. Where are Tucker? I don't want to live in a country that looks nothing like the country I grew up in. Is that bigoted? Sean. You think we're bad for America? You think yeah. I'm bad for America? And Laura. Shut up and dribble. Uh, I'm guessing they're too busy with all those caravans and for sure Hunter's laptop. Yeah. Uh, but, but right now, can, can someone just see if our next guest is ready to go? Uh, yeah. And oh, and Spud, I am being told by the board that your next guest, Simone Sanders, is ready to go on the line. Now, I overheard your aunt speaking to Chance before the show that Simone was in the Biden administration. Eh, I hope she has other career plans as the greatest living president, Donald J. Trump, will soon be returning to the White House. These guys, they make millions of dollars. They're smart as hell. Uh, Simone is doing quite well currently, so no worries about her career. Right now, she's uh, hosting her own show on MSNBC and doing other stuff for Peacock in the network, too. Uh, she, she, she had a good run as, as a senior advisor to uh, Vice President Kamala Harris. Uh, and now uh, she's returned to the private sector. And FYI, your hero Trump is never, ever getting anywhere near the White House again. Oh. Well, we can pray that won't happen. Or that scary apocalypse may just happen this time. Yo, Mrs. Jarvitz, Donald Trump is not a presence of evil. Mm -hmm. He is the true light and leader to millions of people on Earth. You stupid, ignorant son of a dumb if that guy ever returns to power, I'm betting on that apocalypse you brought up, Aunt Dorothy. Uh, just put Simone through us. I want to ask her how she likes her new gig. Uh, yeah, here she is. Please greet former press spokesperson and senior advisor to Vice President Kamala Harris and now MSNBC host Ms. Simone Sanders. Thanks for coming on our show. Thank you for having me today, Spud. Yeah, so you now have a show, Simone, airing on MSNBC Saturdays and Sundays at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, and it'll later be available on Peacock Mondays and Tuesdays. That's pretty cool. Very cool. And you know what? Actually, on Mondays and Tuesdays, we will have fresh new shows on Peacock. So oh. I've got, you, you've got multiple opportunities to get fresh new content. So I'm doing four shows between Saturday and Tuesday. Damn, you're going to be busy. All right. Um, <laughs> Not a shortage of things to do, okay? Right. Uh, are you experiencing withdrawals from leaving the administration? You spent quite a while in the middle of the political wars over the years. Do you, do you miss the action, or was it just time to return to a fairly normal life right now? I think 
I, I, I miss some of the people, uh, Spud. I don't necessarily um, feel like I'm missing the action because my new job here is a, is a host and anchor, and I've been in anchor boot camp over the last couple of months. Um, still keeps me right in the middle of the action, but there are definitely days where I am uh, preparing for a, a hit in the studio or I am reading uh, the news that has dropped and I am thinking of my former colleagues all over from uh, campaigns to folks in the White House about how they're dealing with this latest news. Uh, and <laughs> I don't envy them, okay? I, I made a joke today that this is the first time I have, I've had to be in an office before 8 a.m. in a while. Wow. All right. Well, I, I was curious. In 2016, you served as press secretary to Bernie Sanders before resigning late in the campaign. As a woman, did you ever get annoyed at the, let's, let's just say, over-exuberance from those darn Bernie bros? I, I mean, they, they kind of gave us uh, Donald Trump by staying home on Election Day. So I myself, I still kind of hold a grudge against him. How about you? Well, you know, I hold no grudges against the, the, the Bernie bros. I am proud of the, the work that I did on, on the Sanders campaign, and I do think that Senator Sanders helped fundamentally shift the conversation that was that is currently now being had mm-hmm. in the Democratic Party. Uh, not many people can say that they've done that. I, I, I think, though, that... You make an interesting point about that a number of um, the folks that are labeled quote-unquote Bernie bros stayed home and brought Donald Trump. I I, I don't think it's necessarily as, as, as boiled down as black and white as that, but I do think that this... This is a conversation about voting, right? And yep. um, I do believe that our democracy is hanging on by a thread. And God bless the the folks all across this country that are trying to hold it together. And I think that you're going to hear not just throughout the course of this year, but next year. Everybody keeps saying Donald Trump is maybe going to run for president again. Well, what about those folks that stayed home in 2016 mm-hmm. or even 2020, right? Acting everything that they have seen. Are they going to make a different decision, given what is happening as it relates to the January 6th investigation? Or do people feel as though, heck, the Supreme Court, right? Do people feel like now, maybe if they haven't been engaged or involved, that this is the time to to, to get in the game? I I think it, I don't know. I don't know, but I hope so. Right, right. Uh, Spud, what? Well, if I may... Donald Trump was not elected because those brothers you mentioned stayed home and did not cast a ballot. He beat Hillary Clinton in a landslide. If you take away all those millions of ballots cast by illegal immigrants, it was a shame they were allowed to vote. Excuse me for a sec, Simone. Okay. Dude. No immigrants voted illegally in 2016 or 2020. Hillary Clinton beat Trump by almost 3 million votes, and Biden beat him by over 5 million votes. Thank God this time Trump didn't slink in on a technicality. That that electoral college is like a Model T, a little outdated. Oh, don't get me started on that stupid electoral college. Right? It's like Democrats have to win elections with one hand tied behind their backs. Yeah, okay, okay, you guys sound like sore losers to me. Mark my words, Donald Trump will be back in the White House very soon. Like, maybe before 2024. What, is he going to pull a Putin, his good buddy, and invade some Democratic state like California or New York to take away their electoral votes? Just zip it and let me finish this up with Simone. Okay, I'm back. Um, well, this is something I was thinking about. Before, 
prior to traveling on Air Force Two, do you have like a rough total on the air miles you racked up over the last five or six years? It has to be enough to never pay full price for first class the rest of your life. Rest of your life. <laughs> I have racked up a number of miles, bud, but I will say, you know, during campaign travel, um, even with Senator Sanders, we were flying private. And so when I worked on these campaigns, whether it's Senator Sanders or when I worked on the president's campaign and when I traveled with um, both uh, then-candidate Biden and then-Senator Harris, mm -hmm. we were flying private. So uh, my first time going back to the airport was uh, the beginning of this year. And uh, let me tell you, those TSA lines, they are long but manageable. But I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm very excited about uh, the opportunity I have now. I'm not hopping on as many planes because I am here in my office um, putting together the show. And I hope to, not even I hope to, I can tell you for sure that we are going to get out there across the country. And so our show, we, we talk about going beyond the Beltway, mm -hmm. beyond Washington, D.C. or California, and we are going to do that. So maybe, Spud, it'll bring us to your neighborhood. Oh, well, that'd be very cool. All right. Um, well, you know, in, in, at a 2000 uh, Joe Biden campaign appearance in L.A., you don't donned uh, a superhero cape and stopped an intruder from accosting the future president. Did anyone on a Secret Service detail buy you a drink or something later? <laughs> Fun fact. There, the, the president, then candidate at that time, did not have Secret Service. All right. Well, you wrote the book, No, You Shut Up, Speaking Truth to Power and Re Reclaiming America. It looks like you're going to be prepared for any guests on your show who might try and hijack the conversation. Are you looking forward to some verbal jousting? Because it's safe to say you can handle it. <laughs> I am hoping I don't have to, I don't I don't enjoy arguing with people on television although I am fairly good at it if I do You are so good. Myself, you are pretty good. I am good. I'm good. So on our show, we're going to have smart engaging conversations that I that I hope will get spirited but will not get ugly. I'm going to have Republicans on my show. People should tune in this mm -hmm. weekend. There will be on my political panel, there will be a Republican on my political panel on Saturday. There will be a Republican on my political panel on Sunday and what you can expect from me is that I'm going to have a well-rounded conversation but we're going to keep it real Spud we're going to we're none of none of these fake talking points from anybody on my show all right well as a veteran you know now of the political scene you've seen it all I'm guessing but besides the issues of the day having immense impact on the free world does life in the DC bubble basically still resemble high school people there seem to be you know as petty and as as noxious as that food chain we all face in our teenage years <laughs> Look, I think, um, you know, I am, I'm getting uh, married this summer. And the oh, gentleman congratulations. that I'm getting married to is the former nightmare of Washington, D.C. He served in the mayor's cabinet. And I, I say that because he, early on when I met him, talked about real D.C. And he said, there's, there's you federal D.C. people, then there's real D.C. And I, it's something I often think about because I've had the opportunity to get out of the federal D.C. bubble and get into the real city of Washington, D.C. and get to learn the culture and learn about the people and the other news that is going on that is not federally centric, if you will. Right. And that is kind of the attitude that I'm taking into my show. You know, I want to get outside of the federal D.C. quote-unquote bubble. I want to make sure that we are having the conversations that people are having in their own circles across the country. I'm trying to reach the non-political group chats, too.
too. You know, Spud, you know, right. the folks that are engaged, but these aren't the professional politicos, if you will, like like maybe you and I. Okay. So I am, I'm excited about that opportunity. All right. Well, I know you got to get going, but next time uh, we got to talk about those Republicans uh, and how are they going to get away with taking, you know, they, they're trying to take away a woman's right to choose and having access to reproductive health care. Oh, that is, that is, yeah, and they're really cocky about it too. But all right, well, let me remind everyone uh, that you you have a new show, Simone, airing on MSNBC Saturdays and Sundays at 4 p.m., 1 p.m. Pacific. Um, you can be found on Twitter at, at Simone D. Sanders and at Simone on MSNBC, MSNBC, excuse me. Uh, we really appreciate you spending some time with us. Thank you so much. Hello, Seattle, and hopefully I will get to see you soon. All right, there you have it, Ms. Simone Sanders. Did I ever tell you about that? Uh, Spud, your last guest, Rory Culkin, is ready to go. Uh, hey, can I ask if Rory is related to Macaulay Culkin? Because on family night, the Holcombs have seen Home Alone probably a hundred times. We love it. Yes, Rory is Macaulay's younger brother. His older brother, Kieran, is killing it now on HBO Succession. He, he won an Emmy this year on that show. Oh, Rory's a talented actor, too. Yeah. I enjoyed him on that Prime series, Sneaky Pete. What is Rory, like three or four years old? Because Macaulay is like 10 or 11, I think, in Home Alone. I don't understand. Dude, that movie was made, what, like 32 years ago or something? Do the math. Do you, do you think movie stars don't grow old? Uh, what are they, in a time warp where they remain the age they play on the screen? Well... No, but we we love the 10 or 11-year-old Macaulay Culkin. I don't know how our family would feel about Macaulay as an older man. You know, Spud, you're kind of wrecking my enjoyment of that movie. Shut up! Shut up! Shut up! It's called reality? Uh, movies and TV are not real? You, well, I, I know that, but I just oh, really Gerald. like... Gerald! You need some serious help. Uh, sometimes, yeah, serious. I mean, you stun me with your thought process. Just put Rory through now. Yeah, okay, okay, here he is. Please greet actor Rory Culkin. Thanks for coming on our show, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, you have a new show now airing on Hulu that's getting a lot of buzz. I think that's the word. It's Under the Banner of Heaven, based on, of course, the, the best-selling true crime book by John Krakauer. For those not familiar with the story, can you give us just a brief overview? Yeah, um, Under the Banner of Heaven is a true crime story about uh, the murder of Brenda and Erica Lafferty. Uh, sort of a brutal murder in a, a small Mormon community in the 80s. Um, and just about the investigation in, into their murder. Okay. All right. Uh, are you aware of any blowback to this point, like from the Mormon Church, about this TV series? They weren't crazy about the book being published in 2003, but but they did go all in on Trey Parker and Matt Stone's Book of Mormon plays. So I was just curious. Um, no, I mean, I don't know much about the pushback. I think there was a call to sort of 
uh, not use any streaming services for the next two months as the show's airing. But uh, oh, no, I'm not, I'm not aware of the pushback, really. Okay. All right. Well, as most are aware, you co- you come from a family uh, well versed in the entertainment industry, uh, and you began at a very young age. What, like four or five? Is that was that pretty much it? That sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. Did d- did you still get to experience the regular stuff kids do, or was it a bit removed from that given the professional demands? Uh, probably a little bit of both. You know, I probably had more of a childhood than than some would think. Um, but. I mean, I also get got the benefit of, of um, learning a craft, you know, at a young age, uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. which is, you know, important to me and, and sort of helped me as an adult now. So, uh, yeah, sort of a balance. I think, you know, I, I might have missed the school dance that I wanted to go to at the time. But in hindsight, um, you know, I was working with M. Night Shyamalan and, and you know, Mel Gibson and interesting people. So I wouldn't trade for anything. Yeah, that was a decent trade-off. All right. Um, well, before I forget, I wanted to ask you this. So it was, it was on my. I thought about this. Uh, do you ever remember your older brother Macaulay mentioning to you what Donald Trump had on the producers of Home Alone Two to force him to give him that that damn cameo? Because I've always wondered how he pulled that one off. That is interesting. Yeah, that's uh, that's a weird interaction on camera. <laughs> yes. Did he, he never? Did he ever mention how that happened? Because uh, I, uh, there had to be some angle he was working. I, I don't know. Uh, I can't be the only person that's come up with that question. I think it's just some New York celebrity stuff at the time. I don't really, I don't really know. Okay, all right. I had to ask. Um, you know, it appears that being verbally quick on your feet is a trait your older brother uh, Kieran possesses. I, I think he could go word for word against anyone in a verbal slapdown contest. Was it necessary to be able to talk smack at an early age to survive in the family growing up? Yeah, yeah. I think I had to eventually start pushing back verbally. But uh, yeah, Kieran's always been kind of Kieran's always given us trouble. Uh, he's, he's sort of a witty, witty fella. Yeah, it's, yeah, he definitely seems that way. I, obviously, I haven't, I haven't hang with him, but anyway. All right, well, this is this is a question about a film that you did in 2018, uh, Lords of Chaos. Uh, it was based on the 1998 book of the same name, and it deals with the, the black metal scene in Norway in the early 90s, for those who haven't haven't seen it. Uh, you know, metal fans take their music very seriously, but this subgenre uh, f- f- that it's following is even a bit more intense. What was that experience like? It's not exactly a light and fluffy film, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'd been a part of that project for years before we uh, ended up filming it, so I'd, I'd done a lot of research, and I knew before we even made it that there was going to be a backlash. That you know, it's sort of built into the black metal community to reject anything uh, sort of mainstream. You know, they don't want a movie about themselves, but secretly they really want a movie about themselves. Uh, but it's all about appearance, and that was sort of sort of a subject in the film. Was you know, it's about appearances. It's not really about you know, we're not evil. We're just pretending to be evil to sell records. You know, how much uh, how much music did you have to listen to before to prepare for that part of that of that scene? I mean, it's kind of a let's just put it this way: it's not something you want to slap on, in my opinion. Like when you get out of bed in the morning, but yeah, it's really uh, really kind of unlistenable at first. But um, after trying to learn how to play the music, you uh, eventually hear hear the music and all that noise and. Uh, yeah, so now now I, I actually can wake up and then throw on a black oh. metal album, but uh, yeah, it takes it takes time. It's a uh, takes time to get used to. Yeah, I guess my ears are a little wimpy. All right, um, maybe later in the day for sure. I was just yeah, I was thinking early in the morning, but all right.
can I just ask what that black metal music is? I don't think I've ever heard of it. Is it where rappers and heavy metal people meet up on a record or album? Uh, Rory, I just need a, uh, just a brief moment here. What the hell did you just say? Well, no. Black metal is a subgenre of heavy metal. Really, really dark stuff, okay? But it, it does have a following around the world for sure. I mean, people, some people really dig it. I don't, I don't think it's your cup of tea, though, and I, so I wouldn't buy any of it on your next Columbia House Record Club order. Oh, my wife and I loved the Columbia House Record Club. You know, I don't know if our membership is still active. Uh, we might have let it expire after the kids were born. Oh, I can only imagine the record you two bought there even if the first eight or 12 cost a penny apiece. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I must have opened five or six memberships under various first names at the same address, you know, back in the day. you think they would have checked if I really had that many brothers. But anyway, just let me get back to Rory. Okay, I have returned. Um, in that same year, uh, the miniseries uh, you co-starred in, uh, Waco, was released. Uh, again, not exactly a rom-com, but I really liked it. It was very well done. Uh, hey, how, how much time you spent on the set shooting that thing? Waco was, uh, Waco was a while. It was three or four months I was on that set. But uh, yeah, it was back-to-back projects of you know, Lords of Chaos. We were burning down churches, and you know, the art department actually built some churches for us to burn down. And then... A couple months later, I'm shooting Waco, and we're I'm burning another building down. It's uh, yeah, it's a strange sort of pattern I'm picking up on in, in my career. Oh wow, well, some, yeah, okay. Um, how, uh, uh, where did you guys shoot that? It obviously wasn't in Waco, right? No, we shot it in uh, New Mexico. Um, yeah, in Santa Fe. Okay, I'm just curious. All right, well, on a lighter topic, away from showbiz. Uh, what do you do for recreation or fun? I mean, you don't work all the time. Uh, you know, just just curious. Uh, I'm a I'm a candle maker. I uh, I make candles and send them to friends. Uh, that was sort of a a lockdown uh, skill I tried to get get into, and uh, yeah, it's coming along. Okay. All right. Uh, well, let me end this thing with my uh, tired and cliche talk show host question, Rory Culkin. What has been your most memorable moment to this point in your life? memorable moment and you can make something up if you know whatever i mean i suppose i would have to say my wedding right oh yeah you better say that one uh, <laughs> yeah yeah okay all right well I, you probably got to go taking meetings and all that kind of stuff that people in, in your business do so let me remind everyone that the hulu series you co-star in under the banner of heaven is now streaming so if anyone has not checked it out they need to for sure so just thanks a bunch for checking in with us yeah, and thanks for having me. All right, there you have it, Mr. Rory Culkin. This is the Spud Goodman Show. What else is there, man? My, how time flies. You know, about that composting topic I brought up, I was thinking if it catches on, the headstone business will be toast too. That's the only downside to going with an alternative alternative way of dealing with my dead body. I was kind of looking forward to writing up the text on my headstone. As I've said on the show before, uh, I would like you know maybe a small solar-powered video screen with some of my career highlights shown on a loop. 
you know, maybe include a, a couple select celebrity interviews for my TV show and possibly some short clips of bands, you know, I've had on over the years. It, it might be a, a big draw at a cemetery if I, if, I, if I do go the traditional route. I don't know. I might go see your gravesite once or twice. I won't bring flowers or anything, but I will at least show my respects when your time comes. I mean, I do kind of owe you as if you hadn't let me do my internship on the show. I never would have met the love of my life, Dorothy. That is correct. I, but I really have no one to blame but myself about this whole Harold and Mod thing that you two have. I have to look in the mirror, you know, because I should have gone with that 70-something old dude who really wanted that internship bad. I mean, but hey, just look so sleepy, you know, so I, I just picked you. My, my bad, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, too, will always be grateful for your decision to bring Chance into my life here on the show. What can I say? Chance completes me. You complete me. Uh, good to know, Aunt Dorothy. But about, you know, me having a, a really cool headstone, you know, with, with all the multimedia capabilities I want, you know, it... Uh, it would cost a ton of money, let's be real. And with my ratings over the years, it, it, it just might turn out that the only people checking it out would be the like the cemetery lawn maintenance guys while mowing. Uh, what do you think? Is it a dumb idea? What are you people? On dope? Oh, I wouldn't say dumb. Maybe ill-informed? Uh, did I mention that my wife and I purchased a double-decker site, uh, so to speak, as our physical bodies will lie on top of each other forever while our souls will be together in heaven? Can I ask, uh, are you going to be a bottom or a top? Uh, and, and you might well, want to plan for the worst case possible, you know, that one or both of you might not make, you know, uh, the cut with, with, with God and need to chill out down here like the rest of us. I, and I don't, I don't think it'll be that bad here on Earth six feet under. Remember, the grass isn't always greener on the other side or up in the sky. Yes. I mean, it isn't necessarily better than in the ground. And let's face it, no one really knows the answers for, about this stuff, okay? They're saying you have a caller waiting to speak with you, Spud. Do you want them to put it through? Sure, put it through. Caller, you're on the air. Uh, right now? Yeah, I'm you're on the air right now. <laughs> cool. Hey, you know, it's uh, funny that you guys are talking about this topic. As my best buddy and I, we were kicking around something similar last week. Uh, we weren't aware that there's actually companies doing uh, composting now. Yeah, but it makes sense. Are. I mean, actually, we're really calling about something else, but I think that thing could really take off. Well... Yeah, I mean, it's a much cheaper option, but I'm thinking most people will find it probably, like, too weird to try. My my aunt has always been one to try different stuff. I mean, she's a rebel, but I'm still not totally on board with her doing this. I'm just talking about her doing it. I, I just need to do my own research. It's my decision, Spud. Please respect my wishes. I'm not really that hot on this option myself, Dorothy. I'm kind of a traditionalist when it comes to funerals, too. Plus, mixing you up with dirt to spread around just seems like a lot of work. I'm not gonna lie. I hate yard work. I think that this is your way of telling me something. You, you know, uh, both me and my buddy are divorced and single now. And so we joked that uh, we'd save our kids a lot of hassle when it comes to our time if we just put each other into a chipper shredder that I own. A what? I, I know. Uh, 
chipper shredder, you know, chipper. All I got to do is put one of those big industrial sized garbage bags and collect all the parts. And then we toss them into the creek behind the, behind our houses, you know. I mean, I don't, I don't think we'd actually do it, but it would cost us basically nothing. Yeah, of course, well, the only issue is that only one of us would get to do it because, you know, the other one would still be living and they could never really ask any yeah. family members or friends because, you yeah. know, it wouldn't be a pretty thing. No. No. A, a chipper. What? Okay. Now, now, this discussion has crossed over into crazy. Who would do such a thing? Well, composting for a month or so before being spread around my yard by chance is one thing, but I would never agree to be put in a chipper. That's just not appropriate. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, I doubt if we'd ever do it unless we were totally broke at the time that either, either of us kicked the bucket. I mean, I got a small insurance, uh, life insurance policy, but I've seen those ads on cable news where the companies, you know, they buy back the life policies. So who knows? I might be broken. Need to sell it. If then, the chipper is a great possibility. You know, caller, I think you've uh, sort of disgusted us all. And it kind of, it's kind of offended me actually. So I'm just gonna have to let you go. Um, well, uh, yeah. No, wait, no, no, I, no. I haven't got to what I really want to talk about. I'm a regular listener. In fact, I'm wearing my Spud Goodman T-shirt that I bought off your website right now. Seriously? And I wanted to know. Oh yeah, I even got the hat sitting over on the table. So I want to know if you'd be interested in having a field correspondent covering cornhole competitions. You know, it's a really popular sport these days and totally uncovered by the media. I'm currently our neighborhood champion, four years running, and it's time I shared my knowledge of the game with others. Yeah. So what do you you think? Come on, y'all. First of all, cornhole is not a sport. Uh, just like golf, bowling, and croquet are not real sports. As as I said on the show previously, if, if you can smoke and drink beer uh, while playing, it's not a real sport, dude. So it's just, it's just a lifestyle choice. Thanks for calling in, though, because I got to go. Uh, dump this, please. But I already got this. Dump sure. this. Uh, you know, I disagree with your position on croquet, but in the Holcomb family, we take that game very seriously. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Gerald, I would crush you in croquet. I am really good. Oh, okay then. It's on. How about this Sunday in my backyard? Well, sorry. With the exception of my beautiful fiance Dorothy, I don't think it's appropriate to socialize with co-workers in our off hours. Hey, that's my line. And as a freaking intern, I don't think you can get away with using that excuse legally. But just let me wrap this thing up. Okay. I am Spud Goodman. Be all that you can be, and I mean that. God bless and ciao. Bye-bye. Copyright 2022 Spud Goodman Productions.